you know, one of the biggest things that I've gotten since just starting my own business and then joining the group is personal development all day. And you just get rewarded all the time for, for what you put into yourself. Welcome to the seven figure flipping podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of thousands a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 7 Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. And today we're continuing our series on success habits. So we talked about my goals for the year. Becca and I talked about setting your goals. We talked about productivity recently with Nina, which was a phenomenal podcast on planning your day and your week and your year and being productive. And then we also talked with Tyler about this habits for success. And we mentioned a little bit about his 12-week year and the 12-week year group that he was doing, the accountability sessions. And he's one of the leaders. And today I have another one of the accountability leaders on who's a member of our mastermind group, Seven Figure Altitude. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of the things that, that he sees in his life. And I'll share some of my stories about success habits if I haven't used them all up by now. But it's I really think that this is the number one thing that's going to take you and your business to the next level is really these habits for success. And it's a great way to start the year in 2020 and start the decade with this kind of new year, new you concept of what are the things that you're going to just start ingraining and becoming habits for success. And then we're going to talk a little bit more in the future about some of the financial habits, like high performing habits and things like that to round out this series. So I'm really happy that you guys are continuing to tune in and spend time with us. We're on iTunes. If you want to leave us a rating review and you're enjoying what we're saying on here, please, please do that. That's like currency to us. That's how we get more people into our world as podcasters. And then also our sevenfigureflipping.com. You can watch the videos on there or our YouTube channel at sevenfigureflipping. So Today, I've got a good friend of mine. I, he, we've gotten to know each other pretty well inside the Seven Figure Altitude. And I actually love him, his spirit, his like drive, his, the, who he wants to be. And just a really down-to-earth guy that I love spending time with and talking to at our meetings. And just, I, I don't know, just awesome, awesome guy. So today, we've got Kyle Burnett. What's up, Kyle? Hey, what's going on, Bill? Thank you for spending some time with me. I know that you were a little reluctant to do this, so I'm excited to jump into the podcast today with you about uh, success habits and what we're going to talk about. But before we do, um, everybody heard with Tyler's podcast just last week that I shared kind of my seven-figure flipping story, and so did he. So I want to start doing this with some of our members and this origin story of kind of where we came from, who we were before, how we found the group, and then what our life is like now and what things are happening. So if you don't mind, just take some time to kind of share your seven-figure flipping story, kind of your background and what, what you were doing before, how you kind of found us, and then what it looks like now. What's going on with you now? Yeah, sure. So, um, I started investing in, it was like October of 2016. So, just over three years ago. Um, before that, I was uh, an account manager and recruiter for a headhunting company. And uh, the reason I took the dive into real estate investing. I just didn't see myself in the corporate corporate world 10 years down the road. And um, at the time, my wife and I, it was just the two of us. We didn't have any kids. She was a teacher and we had some money saved up. So um, figured it was worth taking that jump. So um, fast forward, the first year in the business, we I lost, uh, it was negative $700. And I remember, uh, you know, sending everything to my accountant. And this was like, you know, February, March, 
and he said, "Hey, do you?" He said, "Do you know how much? Uh, you have any idea of you know where where you were at last year?" And the, the truth was, I, I had no idea. Like the books, everything was a mess. I just knew we still had some cash to operate, which is not a good place to come from. Uh, so he's like, "Well, it looks like you you know you lost seven hundred dollars," and I so I was like, "Well, at least we don't owe anything, right?" <laughs> uh, so so that was the first year. And then the, the second year, um, the, the good thing was at the end of that first year, we, we had acquired some properties that set us up to have a good first half of 2000, I guess it'd be 2018. Um, and so midway through 2018, things were going pretty good. I had, uh, three or four flips going. It was just a one man show. It was just me. I was the I was the lead intake person taking the phone calls. I was the acquisitions manager. I was going around to the properties, you know, a couple times a week and everything, everything was running like 50%. It was all running. Okay. And I could have done that. I mean, I, you know, I was making decent money doing that, but um, man, it was stressful. You know, it was me going out in the, in the evenings and on the weekends and it was rough on the family. And so that's when I started kind of looking out for how can I, how can I get better at this? And I, I knew I, you know, it would have taken me forever to, to do it on my own. And I, I don't even remember how I came across seven figure flipping, but it was probably a, you know, something I probably Googled something and then got retargeted on Facebook or something. And I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta look into this cause I, there's no way I can scale any more than I'm already doing. Um, and you know, forget about having vacations where you can disconnect. And so I looked into it and uh, joined Seven Figure about a year and a half ago. Um, hired uh, a lead intake person that was like the number one thing. I hired her about a month later, um, and we've been going pretty good. I'm still doing a lot in the business. I'm still the acquisitions manager, um, but hire a project manager a couple months ago. So we're just kind of ramping him up. Um, so right now things are going good. Um, and that's kind of where we're at right now. Still looking for an acquisitions manager. So what was the, what was the reason you got into real estate from the corporate world just to get out of the rat race of the corporate world? You didn't see yourself there or was there something else that, that drew you to it in 2016? Yeah, I, I had been researching uh, just real estate investing for probably a year, just listening to every podcast I could, you know, obviously bigger pockets is the main one and all of that. And I was like, man, this is at first I was like, yeah, let's acquire some rentals. And I was like, that's going to take me 10 years, you know, to, to be able to like replace an income or something. And, um, I didn't want to wait that long. And so I, I started looking into like flipping and, and that sort of stuff. And the job wasn't going great. Um, I haven't told a lot of people this, but if, if we're being honest, I might not have had a long leash left on, on that job. Uh, you know, I, to be honest, I was on a, a performance improvement plan and was just like, man, this sucks. And I, I remember coming back from some vacations and just like walking in and I'm like, man, it would be great to just not do this anymore. I love the people I worked with. I hated the job. It was just cold calling mm. all day long. So now that, so now that you're out of that job, you're doing this full time, like what's the difference that you see now in your life? Like, what do you, what do you love about it? What, what's, what has changed, I guess, since you've left, left that job? Cause it sounds to me like the primary driver was to get out of that job uh, before it, whether it was before or after they got you out of that job. Yeah. I, I mean, so much has changed. It's a good question because I was sitting here, you know, the, 
just like your goals of 2019, I was sitting here and I had a goal of doing a certain amount and we didn't hit that. And and then after listening to a couple of recent podcasts, I'm like, man, yeah, I mean, we didn't hit that, but uh, you know, our uh, net profit last year would be about 125,000. That was, you know, more than or about double what I was making before. And man, I just came back from a week, almost two weeks of basically, you know, maybe checking an email and making phone calls like one hour a day over the Christmas holidays. And there's no way I would have been able to do that before. And we've taken, you know, vacations and maybe I have to check my phone and take care of some stuff, but that, that just wouldn't have been possible. So just being able to have more of a family life and choose, you know, maybe the business suffers a little, but I, I could choose whether I want to um, do that or not. Whereas at the corporate job, you know, you get two weeks or three weeks vacation and, and that's just kind of what you get. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to have that perspective, right? To look back and say, you really have to force yourself to look back and say, wow, things are really different because we get to that, that next goal that we didn't meet. And we, we get hard on ourselves saying, I can't believe we didn't do it. I was a failure this year. And that's really what I hope to have gotten across in that 2019 podcast, that year in review is look, we've, you don't, I didn't hit any goals. I certainly don't feel like a failure, but there's some times where we do fall back into that and get, or just really hard on ourselves and fall into that area of I'm not, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was, or I didn't do as well as I, as I thought. But when you compare yourself to who you were before and all the things that were going on before and really take stock in what's happening in that perspective, things change a ton. And sometimes it takes somebody to hold up a mirror for us to do that. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things that I've gotten since, since just starting my own business and then joining the group is just personal development. I mean, that's just not something that, you know, maybe a couple people in, in the corporate world does it, but I mean, 90% don't. And, and there's, do you really get rewarded much for it? Maybe, I mean, maybe you can climb the corporate ladder, but in business, I mean, it's just personal development all day and you just get rewarded all the time for, for what you put into yourself. Yeah, we're directly responsible for the outcome in our companies and ourselves, our income, all of these things when we go out on our own, right? So what I find a lot of times is that's the that's kind of the thing that you realize along the journey. So I was looking for more money, I was looking for to become independent financially independent in the beginning. That was my that was my why in the beginning. And then it became more about time and then it became more about impact. And a lot of times it's that, it is that personal development journey. It's really about becoming the best version of you possible. When we were in this EOS session in California the past few days, planning out the future of Seven Figure Flipping Company and the, my staff was there, we really looked at and said, who are, who are our, our members of our mastermind group? Who are they? Like, who are the, the people that we want to attract, the people that we want to be in there? And one of the things that everybody was fighting to keep on there was the fact that they invest in themselves. That's really it. They see the value of investing in themselves. And it, it, and I talked about it on previous podcasts, not necessarily just money, but seeing the value of putting in that time to read that book. Or if you're listening to this podcast and you're hearing this message, you're already doing it. Like you're investing in yourself. And if this is something that resonates with you, then you're going to continue to listen. If it's not, then you're going to go look for something else or tune in somewhere else or go back to the couch and watch Netflix or whatever you do and just go back to work and say, this isn't for me. It's not me. But that personal development and the want to grow, 
is, is the first step, right? I want to do it. But I think what we're going to talk about today and what we're about to transition into is the, okay, I want to, I want to grow. I want to invest in myself. I listen to the podcast. I want to do all these things, but what do I need to do to get that done? Like, what are some of the things that in the face of adversity, when things get hard, how do I continue to push past that with habits? Because the habits that we develop are the things that we do when times get hard. They're the things that we fall back into when, when you only made $700, you could have just gone back to, I'm just going to go back to corporate America. This isn't for me, right? But you're going to continue to push because you've developed something. There's some strong why that's driving you. You have the need to want to invest back into yourself, whether it's personal development, professional development, or anything. And then now it's about building the right habits for success. So what are some of the things that you see in in yourself that you found along this journey or somebody else that, whether it's a mentor of yours, a coach, anybody that you think is some of the reasons that they're successful, some of the habits that they developed? Yeah. I, just speaking from my own, for myself, I'd say, you know, one big habit that I've had for quite a while now is just getting up early in the morning and getting, you know, I've got the routine. Um, I get up at usually four 30 in the morning. Um, and then, uh, I've got my, my quiet time, um, where I read the Bible, um, have some prayer time and then a little bit or a little bit more reading. And then I go to the gym. Um, that's a, that's a big habit for me. And one that, you know, when I'm out of the habit, just like, it just, life seems more crazy. Like when we travel, when we went back home for Christmas, it was like, it just seemed a little off cause you're not in that habit. So that that's, that's probably the biggest one for me is just getting up in the morning and making sure that, you know, I'm taking care of myself and my personal development, you know, first thing in the morning. And I've been doing that. I read the miracle morning probably four years ago from Hal Elrod and um, just started putting a lot of those into practice. And that's, that's probably what gave me the confidence and just made me feel like I could take this leap and, and do what I'm doing. So are, do you find that you're more productive in the mornings than you are later in the day? Oh, a hundred percent. So Nina, go ahead. Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, between, you know, by the time I start working, maybe seven o'clock to a, a 10 or 11 it is probably more productive than the rest of the day till five o'clock. I mean, I'm, I'm an early morning person. Yeah, me too. And uh, so I'm way more productive in the morning. When I did that podcast with Nina on productivity, she talked about the green zone, the yellow zone, and the red zone. And for me, my green zone is absolutely in the morning, early in the morning. So I know that once I hit maybe 11, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, that's when I start kind of getting into my yellow zone. I, so I, I schedule everything up front, but I know that Mike Simmons, he goes to bed at 2 a.m. And so he, his, I think his green zone is in the evening. And so if I schedule a, a meeting with him at 7 a.m., he's not going to like it. So I think, the, I think that habit that you just mentioned is, is discipline, right? It's to have the structure and discipline to keep your day kind of structured the way it is. And so what that does for you being a green zone in the morning is allows you to kick off your morning at the right time, like the right way where somebody else might have to kind of ease into their morning to be really productive in the evening and structure their day appropriately for that to happen. And so I think, I think it's structure and then the discipline to maintain that because you saw once your day became unstructured, when you travel, it throws you off, right? You're not as productive. And so that habit that you have of doing that starting your day off, right, gets you going and makes you 
very productive. I'm the same way. I, I just went to California for five days and the gym there is not the gym that I like and the food, I travel with some food, but I don't get my specific breakfast that I eat every morning and my day gets thrown off. So I'm not necessarily, and I'm, that throws me off for the, my lunch, my evenings, all of the things that kind of drive me and fuel my body the way that I eat right now and the structure that I have around that, it makes me a little bit uh, not as productive as I would be if I was very structured. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the the discipline and then I'm, I'm a very routine kind of guy. If, if I get out of my routine, it's just not, it's not as good and it's not as productive. And I think that you're right about the discipline. I mean, that's how we create the success habits that we have is just like, you know, hitting that same nail on the head just con- consistently. Um, so, you know, the, the morning routine is one of the things. And then, frankly, w- one of the ways that, um, you know, one of the places that I lack discipline, honestly, is being the 12-week 12 12-week 12 year leader Um you know, I haven't done a great job at it. Some things have come up, you know, I'm still trying to train my project manager and my goal was to hire an acquisitions manager and it just hasn't happened. I haven't done the interviews. I haven't, you know, reached out. I just haven't done the, the things. I haven't been disciplined in that to, to create that success in that one area. Okay. Let's dive deeper into this. So, um, so you're a 12 week year leader, right? And part of the 12 week year is coming up with your kind of goal for the 12 weeks and then breaking it down into actions, right? So why, why is that not successful? Let's just, and we're talking about you. We're not talking about you as the 12 week year leader and how you are running your groups and things like that. So we'll talk about that in a second, but then we're talking about your goals, right? That's uh, in your actions. You're not meeting your, your numbers and your metrics. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Why? Um, <laughs> cause I'm not doing the actions necessary. It's not, it hasn't been a discipline and it hasn't been a routine. So I, you know, the goal was to hire an acquisitions manager and have them trained by the cruise, you know, it's, which is a month away. Um, and you know, I, my actions on that were to, uh, make sure I, uh, look through every resume of anybody that applied, um, by the, you know, at the end of the day or once a day during the week, um, that hasn't happened consistently. Um, three interviews a week that hasn't happened consistently. And then posting, you know, something on social media uh, on my personal page about looking to hire an acquisitions manager. And that hasn't happened consistently. Okay. So let's go into why, like why I see, so I see what, so we've got this resume, uh, are you have ads up and running? Yeah. So you're paying for ads to get up and running, but you're not looking over the resumes. You're not doing the interviews and you're not posting on social media. So that's what it's not, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, that's, that's right. Okay. So, so why, why not? Like, why aren't you doing the interviews? Why aren't you looking at the resumes? So let's take the next, next level down. We're just going to ask why five times till we get to the root of this issue. Right. So, okay. so why aren't you doing that? Uh, because it's, it's not a priority because I have other things that come up, you know, we've got, 11 houses that we own right now and we're actively rehabbing five of them. We have several on the market. Um, and so with that, um, you know, with that amount of rehabs and everything going and still trying to train the, the project manager, uh, things come up and then, you know, it gets to the end of the day or the end of the week. And you know, Monday morning comes our, our accountability calls on Monday at noon. And then Monday morning comes, I look at my calendar and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I didn't do, you know, I'm at 
40% or 50% on these. Okay. So you're, you're becoming reactionary instead of proactive, right? But for what I just heard was it's okay. It's not a priority. You're exactly right. It's not a priority. But now the question is why isn't a priority? So we're going to go to the next level down is, has it changed? So two months ago you created this, this goal. Has that changed or do you still need an acquisitions manager just as bad today as you did two months ago? I still probably more today than I, than I did two months ago. Okay. So what is stopping you from making this a priority other than fires going all over the place? But I, what, I, what it sounds like is you're reacting to things instead of setting aside and blocking time to execute on these actions and actually making it a priority. So is the, are the 11 houses that are going on more important than hiring an acquisitions manager? <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, I need an acquisitions manager and the, the houses are gonna, they're going to be there the next day. I mean, uh, you know, and, and it doesn't take that much time, but, um, so I'm, I'm going to ch continue to challenge you of like why that is. So, and you need to ask yourself these same questions. We need to go down to the why, because if the answer truly is that, well, two months ago, I really needed this acquisitions rep, but right now I really need my project manager trained up. It, to a level that I thought he was already at, but he's not. And that's going to change my priorities. Otherwise, you cannot slough off priorities and like urgent, like mandatory things that need to happen. Those big things, like those big rocks. If you're in EOS, it's those rocks, right? We put off the rocks for the little things that we can accomplish to feel like we're moving the needle. But that, this is a bad habit to get into. So this is a habit that I'm going to challenge you to break because a lot of us fall back into this a lot. We say, well, okay, uh, I, I really got to get this thing done. I'm going to run and be reactionary and I'm not going to be proactive and plan my week and actually block out my times to get the actions that I need to get done that are the most important things for the business. Because all that other stuff, it can usually not get done and everything's fine. Like if you don't make your business cards when you're starting your company, it's okay. If you don't have your perfect website up, if you don't, um, but you have to make offers. You have to go out there and you have to negotiate contracts. You have to be able to field leads. You have to do the things that is the, the lifeblood of your business needs to move forward. So if the acquisition, so if even 40, 50%, you're probably doing a lot better than you're giving yourself credit for. So if you're hitting 40 or 50%, that's not, the end of the world. But if you were at a hundred or close to it, you would be seeing a lot more progress. So anyway, I challenge everybody that's listening. This is, I'm, I, this is part of the reason I think why Kyle didn't want to come on and talk through this. But for all of you out there, this is no, totally normal. I do this all the time. I mean, the productivity side of things and making things priorities ahead of time, not trying to figure out the morning of or the night before what your priority is for the next day, actually planning out your week and blocking some gaps where you can fill in those like kind of last minute things, block out some time, block out, you know, 15, 20, 30% of your day that has openings that you can then handle those fires that come out. And maybe it's an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening to handle that stuff as it comes up. But as you're getting rolling and you are kind of a one man show or you just have a couple people, the problem is everything flows through you. So what you have to do, one of the habits that, that I'll share right now is you have to be able to push down and delegate that stuff back to your people. If they're constantly coming to you for answers and you have to answer them, you will never get time to yourself. You will never be able to do the high level things. You'll always be reactionary like Kyle is right now is because we're not training our people to be able to make those decisions themselves. 
So they're coming to us for every decision that gets made. They'll go execute on that stuff. But then all you're doing is making just little extensions of yourself. Like you have to make your, you have the puppet strings on everything. You've got to train them to make that decision and let you know afterwards and be okay with them making mistakes. So a lot of times what that does is it creates these, this flow of, of questions and decisions back to you and you're never be able to handle the, like prioritize the big things. You're just, you're a puppet master. Yeah, it, it's that, uh, I don't know who came up with it. I think it was Stephen Covey in The Seven Habits. It's that, you know, urgent, uh, it's like that urgent box and then you have the, the important but not urgent. And that's, that's where, you know, you need to be as a, as a leader of the company, but it's, it's not easy to get there. And, yeah. and that, another thing, like the habits thing, it, it goes both ways too, right? Like you can easily, it, it easier than creating good habits is, is bad habits. I have an hour, I have four to five every single day blocked off on my calendar to review resumes. But you know what? I got in a habit of not doing it. And now it's like, it might not, it, it might as well not be on there. Cause it's like, I mean, I just, it's like, it's, it's not there. I mean, I don't put priority in that at all. Yep. And so you got to continue to ask yourself why, like, why am I not doing that? It's, it could be the fact that you don't like doing it. Like, I don't actually don't like looking at resumes. I actually don't want to meet people and interview them. I actually don't want to talk to more people and, and hire them. I'm actually might be scared that I'm going to hire the wrong person and it's going to damage my business. So I'm just going to put it off and I'm going to keep doing it. This is totally normal stuff, but really figuring out why and holding, like looking in the mirror. And, and if you need somebody else to do that, that's what I think is really cool about this, these accountability groups is although you're the leader of the accountability group, every single person in there should be giving you a lot of flack for not hitting your numbers. And if they're not, then we need to shake it up a little bit because that's what it's all about. It's not just holding the leader, holding everybody accountable. It's all of us holding each other accountable. If I was the leader of that group or I was in that group, I'd be giving you a lot of crap for this. And uh, hopefully they listen to this and they start giving you some crap for it because you do have a month still to turn, turn things around. And who knows, you get that resume, you have that phenomenal interview and boom, I got the right person. And that's what it is about putting in the reps, even at 40, 50%, you should see progress and you probably are. You're, you're now you're developing who, who I shouldn't hire, who doesn't fit, what a bad resume looks like, what a good resume looks like, what kind of, maybe I adjust my process a little bit along the way to make it more efficient of how people come through my funnel um, when they're interviewing. So, all right. I think that, I think you're totally right. I think it's, I think it's kind of that prioritization and then making sure that it is a, like when you look at your day, if you're blocking off an hour and you're just ignoring it, why is that? Like it's, it's definitely something that, that is on there for a reason. It's important, but we get in the habit of saying, I'm going to blow it off today. And then when you blow it off today, I'm going to blow it off tomorrow. One, one thing that in my life, my personal life is I love sweets and desserts. So I've been, I've gone on this like health journey. Just, I was overweight about a year and a half ago. I remember walking up the stairs to play with my kids and I was out of breath and I was wrestling with them and it was just, I was building a business and, and that everything was going great. I had, you know, a couple full-time jobs. I was a mentor inside seven figure flipping. I was building my real estate company, but I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't taking care of my, my health. And I became diligent about that. Hired somebody, we track macros. So everything that I eat now is basically, I have to plan for it, right? I have to build it into my process. I have to build it into my day. But 
I love sweets and desserts. And what I find is if I eat one, I, I go, well, my day's shot. I'm just going to eat three or four of them, you know? And that's the, that's, it's a horrible thing to do. I'll tell you, sugar is a drug right now. If anybody wants to argue with me, I'm happy to. But if when I eat a brownie and there's three more there, they're going to be gone. And, but if I don't eat them or they're not around, then I have that kind of self-control. Or, actually, I don't have any self-control. So it's just not there, right? It's not there. I don't see it. I don't, I don't want it. And when I don't have one for a while, it's not a big deal. But then once I have one, it's like weaning off of that is hard. So I think it, it's a very similar representation of what you've got going on is I blew it off today. Well, this week's shot, so I might as well just not do any of them. And then I'll get back to it next week or I'll do better tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and you're like, well, I did it yesterday, so I'm going to do it today. And then now you get into this bad set of habits where you fall back into this hole. And I'm the same way like with desserts. I'll eat one, I'll eat four. And then the next day I'll say, oh, I'll just eat two and then I'll eat one. And then, uh, well, that one turns into three. So, um, it's, it really is the, uh, it, so I, I got a quote here by Brian McGill <clears throat> and it says the secret to permanently breaking any bad habit is to love something greater than the habit. So the secret to permanently breaking any bad habit is to love something greater than the habit. So is our goal and our outcome big enough? Is it something that we need that we really want? Otherwise, you're, there's no way you're going to break this kind of bad habit of what we do. So there's no way that I was going to stop eating desserts and ice cream and all the stuff that I love if my goal of being healthy and not being overweight was, wasn't strong for me. I, it had to be strong. It had to be a strong why. And that's why we talk a lot about our why. How strong is it? Is, is your plan A really necessary? Do you want it bad enough because you're going to get knocked down and all this stuff's going to happen? So uh, I guess this is probably a good planning exercise for the 12-week year people is make sure that your goals are, are big and strong enough. They're, they're things that you actually want and need versus just something that you put on paper just to put something on there. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Uh, I mean, I think every time, every time we meet up as a seven-figure group, I'm like, man, I need an acquisitions manager. I need an acquisitions manager. But um, yeah, I, I guess that's what it comes down to is the goal just being big enough to, to warrant that priority and making sure that it stays on my schedule and actually gets done. Um, so, so what do you see with the people who are in your in your accountability group that you're running, is there, are there some people in there that are, that are doing really well, that are very successful or is are a lot of them seeing the same thing where they're not hitting their numbers? I think it's a combination of both. There's some that are, that aren't hitting their numbers and there's some that, that are doing really well and that, you know, accomplish their goal, honestly, just, you know, a couple weeks in and, and then just had to, they had to rewrite kind of some of their goals. So what do you think it is about them that they're seeing the success that they are? Are their goals not big enough? Are they not strong enough? Or are they doing something specific that we can point to and say, this person's successful because of this? And that could go for anybody in the group. They could go for some of the other 12-week year leaders. It could go for some of the people in your group. Obviously, we don't need to call them out by name here to say they're failing, they're doing awesome. But like, what is it, do you think, some of those habits of those folks that are, um, that are seeing success? Yeah, it's, it's just doing the, you know, it doesn't take, it's not like it takes a ton of time, uh, but it's just doing the things every day and making sure they get done. You know, if you say you're going to spend 30 minutes a week, um, you know, one of the, one of the, 
people in it was was wanting to hire an assistant and she would and train the assistant and she hired her pretty early in but then to get her trained you know one of the things was spending 30 minutes a day with her and she's doing a great job and now her, her assistant's pretty well trained up um and so you know it's, it's just 30 minutes a day it's not it's not the bulk of the day but that'd be really it'd be just as easy for her to blow that off as i blow off you know the interviewing or the, the reviewing the resumes Yep. I've been there. I hired an assistant and I just didn't uh, plan to have her come over every morning. But then I would say, oh, I'm too busy. I got this going on or I was late in the gym and I've got a podcast scheduled early. So let's just do it tomorrow. And next thing I know, I'm going, how come they don't know how to do something? How come they, they're not doing this? And it's my fault. It's because I didn't put in the time to give them what they need. So now we meet every day, three times a week as we've gotten going now. And we've gotten to the point now with my new assistant where, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take responsibility 100% ownership for this and do it. And so, I think the answer is commitment. So, I think that's kind of that, that habit that we can pull out of what you just said is we really got to be committed. And that comes into the, hey, that, that needs to be a strong enough why for us to break bad habits and, and start new habits. Because a lot of times, the reason we're jumping into these accountability groups with other people is because we're not good enough at holding ourselves accountable. And so, what I feel like a lot of times with, with you right now is, is make sure that you are, when you're in that accountability group, everybody, they don't just see you as a leader, but they see you as a participant and they should be helping you hold you accountable just as much as you're helping them. Because you're probably tougher on them than you are on yourself right now with in, inside the accountability group. So, um, I'm, that's my challenge to you and everybody else is like, and, and then to listen to this podcast and go, well, I just said that it's not very hard to get these things done and spend this time. So, why aren't I doing it? Because I want you to hire that acquisitions manager. And so does everybody else. Now there's, you know, thousands of people that listen to this that want you to hire and they'll be pulling for you. And we'll make sure that we let everybody know whether you did or didn't by the cruise. And you've got time. You've got a month. You've got the add up. You've got resumes coming in. You might have the right resume in that bucket. You just got to go back and look. And a lot of times, like we said, we prioritize stuff that we absolutely shouldn't be doing to avoid doing the things that we might not want to do, but that we have to do the biggest things that move the needle for our business. Um, so, I think there's, there's a ton of different like, seasons of our lives too, where we see these successful habits. We see lots of different people, um, what they're doing. And I think like for me, that commitment and determination is, is one of the biggest things that I think that a, a smaller real estate company, a newer investor, people like that can, can get to. And I talked a little bit about saying no on uh, one of the other interviews that I did. And I think for us, the investors who have a big team, who are doing big things, a lot of times what we do is we start meddling in things that just to feel significant. And just like inside my business. So usually if I'm, if I spend any more than about two hours inside blackjack right now, I'm breaking something just so I can fix it. And it's working fine, but I'm looking for problems. I'm, I'm I, cause I, I'm an engineer. I want to solve problems. And really like the bigger the problems that we can solve, the more we get paid. That's, that's everybody pretty much understands that. So I'm trying to break some stuff and look for ways to, and efficiencies and stuff when I just need to get out of the way. And sometimes that comes down to this significance thing. You want to be a part of it. I built it and now I feel insignificant with it. So as you're building out your company now, 
Um, what are some things that you struggle with maybe that we haven't already talked about in um, some of the bad habits that you might want to break? Because you said that habits kind of go both ways, right? So we talked about some things that you see that you're successful in. So that's one is maybe actually prioritizing and, and making sure that you're committed to that thing when you say you're going to do it. Is there anything else that you find that you do that you try to stop doing? Um, I think most of it goes back to that just being reactionary and not proactive. And you know, I don't know if there's anything I can say that I, I need to stop doing specifically. But um, one thing that I that would be a huge benefit is if I did some time blocking and just put my phone on airplane mode and you know did some higher level strategic type of thinking. Um, I, I've joked that you know some of the most productive times that I've had is when I'm flying somewhere, I've made jokes that I'm just going to book a plane ticket for <laughs> a round trip plane ticket for 200 bucks just so I can get in the air and nobody can contact me. Um, so I, I, yeah, just making sure that that's a priority of, of more of the strategic side of things since I have some people that can run some of the day to day stuff for me. And then, um, you know, the, the training thing I, that, that was part of it. I hired the project manager, you know, I, I made the mistake of thinking, oh yeah, sure. you know, he'll ride along with me. We'll go around for a month and then he'll be good. And you know, that was just, that was stupid. I mean, you can't train somebody on, on everything and just like let them run after a month. Um, and so that, that's basically, that's what happened is that got, uh, got as a higher priority than, you know, hiring somebody else. Yeah. And I think that's totally normal. We try, we're the kind of people who go, and you know what the reason is? It's because we can, we can see the, the, the finish line. We understand how to get there. What we don't realize is that when, and Nate and I joke around about this is we will constantly like hire somebody. We'll show them the finish line. We'll expect them to know how to get there. We show them where they are and where they need to go and just go because him and I can do that to an extent. Even just give me a little bit of information. Let me go. I'll make decisions as the way that we are and the way that we think. And we think that everybody can do that, but not everybody can do that. And you don't want a bunch of yous running around in the company. I don't, if Nate, if there's a, everybody was just a Nate and Bill clone inside of our company there, we wouldn't get a lot of things done. There's a lot of stuff wouldn't get accomplished. And, and everybody would be wanting to do bigger things. Like they'd be like, Oh, let's make this more, this much more money or let's go do this. I got this idea. Let's go do it. And they would just be running all over the place. So we have to have people that are the, the execute the executors of, of the tasks, the people who just give me a task and I'll do it. And I can repetitively do this over and over again when I would just beat my head against the wall if I had to do the same thing over and over again all day. So really understanding that you've got to put in the time to train those people. And potentially what it is, is a lot of times it comes back to that. We try to do more in a year than we can, right? We try to weigh, you think that you can get somebody trained quick. You can hire an acquisitions rep. You can go buy five more houses. You can raise a million dollars in money and you can, you know, increase your marketing spend and drive a bunch more leads and do it all in a quarter. And so what we don't do is we don't look and say, well, actually training this person is going to take me longer. I'm not necessarily going to have the capacity to do this while we have twice as many rehab projects going on. So our goals become a little bit unrealistic as opposed to being smart, like we talk about, yeah. where they're realistic, right? And measurable and specific and all of these things. So I have a goal this quarter. One of my rocks is to hire some, like to, 
identify, hire, and, and bring somebody in. So actually have them start, not trained, but have them start. That's, I have a, a, a rock this quarter that ends in, fortunately it ends in April because we can't meet again until like the middle of April. So I have about three and a half months to go do that inside of seven figure flipping. And then, but I wanted to hire two like two big hires, but there's no possible way. And I can't, I'm not even going to get this person trained yet in that first quarter. So the likelihood of me training them in the second quarter and hiring this other person are identifying and hiring is very low. So you've got to be very realistic and honest about what you can accomplish. And a lot of times we just overextend ourselves a ton. But I think my challenge to you is to like, I just, I was on airplane for two flights. I had about eight, eight, nine hours in the air and I didn't buy Wi-Fi. I just, and I got, I got so much clarity. I read a book. I wrote a bunch of things down, a bunch of different ideas that I wanted to get done. I wrote down like scripts and paragraphs and ideas for videos and all of the things that we're doing in the and podcast clarity and marketing and, and all different events that we're going to do and things like that and how we can make the group better. And it was because the noise was gone. No one was, no one was tapping me on the shoulder all the time to say, I need some help. I need some help. I need some help. And so in that flight, this epiphany that I had was, okay, I got to create a stop doing list. I got to turn off my email. I got to, I got to figure out how to check my email twice a day. I got to put procedures in place to make sure that people can't get to me to take me out of my zone when I'm operating. And because right now, everybody has access to you probably. Everybody can just tap you on the shoulder, but you're also allowing it. You're enabling them to do it when it's like, hey, sorry, doors closed at this time. Uh, you can pause your email. A lot of people don't know. You can actually pause your email. You can turn your phone on airplane mode, whether you're in an airplane or not, you can do it. <laughs> Mine is on there right now. My email is paused. Nothing's beeping at me. It's just me and you talking. Because if my phone was going ding, 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 I would be like, Oh my gosh, I got a text message. So there's all of these things that we can do. The question is, will we do it? That, that is it. Like, are we going to do it? Are we actually committed? What is it like? So, um, there's, there was a, uh, there was a, an Olympic, uh, track and field runner named Jim Ryan. And he said, motivation, motivation is what gets you started. So I think all of us get started with this motivation, right? We're motivated, we're excited. And so the 12 week year, you're like 12 week years coming up. I'm motivated to get this acquisitions rep. And every time you meet at a seven figure flipping meeting, you go, I got to hire this person. And then you come back and you're, you're not doing it. So motivation is what you get started. Habit is what keeps you going. So motivation is what gets you started. We have that but the habit is what keeps you going. These habits are so important in our success, financially, professionally, personally, spiritually, everything. Like if we're not building the right habits and habits are not formed overnight, you got to continuously do it over and over and over again. Like when I started going to the gym again, I did not have the habit of going to the gym. I hadn't been in like 10 years. I felt super weak. I had lifted weight before. Now I come back there, I feel inferior, I feel uncomfortable, I felt, I, I mean, it was embarrassing, the, the size weights that I was lifting, and the gym that I go to has got a bunch of big dudes in there, it's like, oh, but I kept going, and I had, to, was sometimes I had to force myself to go, and it's the same thing, we got to, if, if you had a bad week where you didn't do your interviews, you didn't do, look at your resumes, then the next week, 
make it a little better and a little better. We don't need to go from 40 to 100. Like go from 10 to 20 to 50 to 80 to 100. Like you'll get there. But it's those habits that are going to that are going to make us successful. So we talked about building priorities, not being reactionary. Uh, we talked about commitment. We talked about structure, like a lot of structure in your day and your plan. And it goes back to a lot of the things that we've discussed. We just basically beat Kyle up on, um, uh, on the 12 week year. And I, Hey, number one, I appreciate you being vulnerable because a lot of things, a lot of times what happens is everybody sees everything like we're perfect, right? We come on these podcasts, we talk about, ah, I was doing, you know, I lost $700 uh, one year. And then the next year I, we made $120,000 net. And then now everything's going great. I left my job. I'm flipping houses. We got 11 going on right now. It's beautiful. Everything's perfect. I'm out hiring an acquisitions manager right now. We're growing. I can't wait for next year. It's going to, we're going to make a million, right? Yeah. That's the common thread in what we listen to, what we hear, the, What's out there on social media, it, we got people that are, you know, taking perfect pictures. We got people who are, you know, spending a couple hours to get the lighting just right to, or send, posting a video about how awesome their, their life is. But ultimately, we're all struggling with something. Like everybody's got something, you know, it's a, it's a diagnosis. It's a family thing. It's a business problem. It's struggling with cash flow. It's, I'm not hitting my my accountability, Bill, I don't want to come on the podcast and talk about it because you're probably going to ask me about it and, and I'm going to have to defend myself. It's, it's all of these things, right? And when we actually become authentic and real and share the struggles, we're going to help 10 times more people that way. And so the conversation that we had in the beginning is you said, I really enjoyed your 2019 year. I'll call it the year in review or I'll call it Bill's failure podcast for short here going forward. And like, I really enjoyed it. I said, well, why? Well, because I felt like it was okay for some of the things that I was going through. So we have to continue to do this. We have to be open to do it. Everybody out there, I encourage you to share your struggles and your failures just as much as your wins, if not more. And, but we also need that motivation, right? That motivation is what gets us started. So we have to motivate people. Um, Oh man, there's, I, I, I can't place who said it, but there's a quote about motivation that says, uh, uh, motivation is like, uh, um, man, motivation is like brushing your teeth. Take it, <laughs> taking a bath. Taking a bath. That's it. Is it Zig? Yeah. Yeah. Zig. What, it's like motivation is like taking a shower. Uh, everybody, <laughs> what everybody does, if it needs to happen every day, it's some, I, I got to get it. Yeah, it doesn't stay with you. So you have to do it every day. That's it. it and that's it. Like we have, we take a shower every day because we, and same thing with motivation. It's like, it's really exciting. It's great, but you've got to continuously motivate yourself. It's not like you go to a, go to flip packing live, get motivated and it's going to fuel you for the rest of the year. So hopefully you're, you're spending time with us here on the podcast. You're listening to this stuff. You have people around you that continue to motivate you. You're part of the accountability groups. If you're in our mastermind group, if you're not, you have accountability partners and people that keep you motivated and you're spending your time around the people that motivate you, not the people that say, Hey, you know what, Kyle, it's okay. If you didn't, um, if you didn't talk to all those people, I don't even know why you're doing that anyway. Maybe you should just go back to doing it yourself and make 700, lose $700 next year. Just try that. Like that's what the people that most people that I'm around are like, what you're, you're, what are you, you're going to what conference? How much did you pay for that? You probably yeah. paid a thousand dollars to buy a ticket to go, and then an uh, airplane ticket and hotels. And, um, you, you're going to go to California to spend with your team. Like you don't need that. How much does that cost? Why are you doing that? 
it, 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 that doesn't make sense. What? Uh, okay. Well, um, and it's like, it's totally wrong mindset for what we want to do. So anyway, I appreciate you sharing about that stuff. I, I, I don't know if you were going to say in some defense of yourself or what, but no, not, nothing in defense. I mean, that's what I love about the group is that is you get both of those, you get, you know, real honesty. I feel like, especially, you know, in the last six months or, or so, I'd say since you've taken over is there's a lot more op- open honesty about you know, things that aren't going right. And so, you know, we're all sitting here with, you know, cash flow issues. You know, you know, we had one last month that was supposed to sell, get like $80,000 back in equity and it didn't sell. And so now we're sitting here, you know, figuring out how, you know, how we're going to make payroll and that type of stuff. And then you think you're the only one going through it. And then you hear other people that are doing, you know, more than I am. Um, it's saying they, they've got the same issues and it's like, oh, okay. Like, you know, you're not the only one. And then you also get the motivation side of things and people cheering you and cheering you on and saying, you know, we're, we've all dealt with that. If we're not in it now, we've certainly gone through it. And so you, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel too. Yep. And if it makes you feel any better, I just moved a hundred thousand dollars from our business line of credit over to our business checking account to make payroll yesterday. So, because we have a ton of money out, we had a deal that didn't close. that was supposed to come back with a couple hundred thousand dollars in it and it didn't. And I wasn't writing the check personally for payroll. Like I have done before many, many times, but that we ha- fortunately we have a hundred thousand dollar business line of credit. We can move over, make payroll, move it back when the deal closes. So you're not the only one that goes through it. I'm going through it right now, our company. And it's, it's, it happens to all of us but we also have had a $300,000 profit month last month, last year. We've had some great things that can help motivate people to do those things. So it, it's nobody's, if you think that anybody's life is perfect, it's that keeping up with the Joneses side of things, right? It's hey, you can look from here, everything looks great, but behind the walls, there's lots of other things going on and everybody's walking around with something, whether it's personal, professional, spiritual, anything. Like there's nobody is, nobody's perfect, regardless of what you see on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, social media, whatever it's a TV. Everybody's got something going on and it's our job in this group and our mission to support those people through all those times. And it's in the ups and the downs. So the motivation and the support when you need it. And it's interesting because the second somebody raised their hand and says something like that and hey, I've got this thing going on or I'm struggling with this. I mean, you didn't know that I had that problem yesterday, but I, now that you say it, I'm like, Hey, I got the same problem. Like, let's talk about it. Let's figure out this is how I solved it. Here's a couple options for you on how to help. And if you're in a group of 10 people and you, you raise your hand up and share something that you're struggling with, I guarantee there's four or five people in that group that are struggling with the same thing. They might just be afraid to, to mention it because every, it, because on the surface, it looks like everybody's perfect when they're not. So I, you know, we went to a, a, different place on this, on this one than I thought we were going to go going to, but I really love where it went because I really think that this is a message. This is, and that probably is a success habit in of itself is the fact that you're open and honest and willing to share your struggles just as much as you are your wins. You can share the issues, not just the motivational side of things. You're real, not fake or not, you know, authentic is really what it is. You're being authentic and sharing everything. And that is what, true leaders and true success is all about is saying, Hey, I'm struggling with this. I need help. I 
I screwed this up. Here's how to help. We, in the military, we have something called the, when, when I was in HSC 23, it was a squadron in San Diego. Uh, it was, if you're at Flip Packing Live, I kind of talked about it. We flew helicopters right there and we were a new squadron that just started up and we were called the wild cards and there were also the blackjacks and we had this like cowboy theme. So we called it the naked cowboy. So once a week, it, we, it, we didn't, it wasn't like cowboys get naked, but once a week we went into, to our all officers meeting and we shared that thing that we screwed up that week. So, Hey, what, what rule did I break? What, um, what mistake did I make flying that I don't want you guys to make? What happened without any repercussions from your, your, your boss, the commanding officer, the department head, your, the aircraft commander. It's like, Hey, I've, I flipped this wrong switch. I did this checklist backwards. This thing, I screwed this thing up. I landed in an area I wasn't supposed to land anything. It was just like, Hey, who's got something to share? Cause what that does is it helps other people not make that same mistake again. And it also allows us to train and develop and lead the, the people that are in there. So the same thing here, it's, Hey, we can, we can learn so much more from our failures than we can from our, from our wins a lot of times. And that winning, I think is a great way to put it the way that we kind of structured it here was that's the motivation. And then the, that authenticity and the struggles are where we learn, right? That failure, failing often. And ideally we, we don't fail as much because we're learning from everybody else's failures. I'd rather you learn from mine than go have to go do it on your own. Yeah, for sure. But I, I agree. I mean, we learn most from our failures and hopefully, you know, we don't make the same mistake twice. You know, we, we lost $40,000 on a house last year. Like, you know, I look at that and I'm like, yeah, we, you know, it was a combination of things that we did wrong and, and we're going to learn from that. Like I'm not, you know, it, it doesn't feel good to take a $40,000 bath on a, on a project that, you know, the upside wasn't great to begin with. So, yeah. um, but you know, I won't, I won't be making those mistakes again, that's for sure. And you know, at 40,000, you know, over the course of my, the business, you know, probably saved me hundreds of thousands of dollars on, you know, it was a $150,000 house and not one that was 300,000 or, you know, could have been worse. So. Yep. I, I shared my $70,000 loss at uh flip packing live from stage and all the lessons learned. And I'll challenge anybody that's in our mastermind group right now. That's in the Facebook group to post some of the things that they, that they're listening to this going, Oh yeah. Hey, Kyle lost 40,000 on that house. Uh, you know, Hey, how did he do that? What, what happened? What was, what were the reasons? How can I avoid it? If you've got something like that, post it in our Facebook group and share it and don't, don't hesitate to share it. A lot of times people are just like, Oh, everybody's got it going on. Everything's perfect. And for those of you that aren't in our mastermind groups, jump into our seven figure flipping and wholesaling Facebook group. It's a free Facebook group. You can ask to join, answer a couple questions. We'll let you in and you guys can post in there and, and ask about it and just post some of the things that you're struggling with. And I guarantee there's going to be a lot of support in there and people who say, Hey, I'm struggling with that same thing. Here's what I did. Maybe they're a little bit ahead of you. Maybe they're at the same place as you and it's, it's power in numbers. Maybe they're a little bit ahead of you and they've already gone through that and say, Hey, here's how I fixed it. And then maybe there's somebody who's not there yet who says, Hey, I'm going to bookmark that for later. So I don't make that same mistake. So 
Well, Kyle, I appreciate you spending time with uh, me today and all of us and sharing openly and honestly about everything. And then hopefully we, we added some success habits to those folks out there of how to be successful. So what to do and what not to do. And some of the things that said, hey, we're not all perfect. We're not all you know, living by these, these laws and these rules of success. We're doing the best that we can. And it's a developmental game, right? It's uh, gradually we will become the people that we want to become. So I'm going to leave everybody with a zig quote since you mentioned zig. So there's no elevator to success. You have to take the stairs. So you've probably heard that one, Kyle, no elevator success. You have to take the stairs. And I think it's fitting here. Everybody just wants to get this stuff done immediately. They'd want to go from zero to millions of dollars overnight. And really these success habits are things that are built over time. They're small changes in our lifestyle and Darren Hardy's book, The Compound Effect, is one that I absolutely love. It's about small changes. And that's what it was for me in my weight loss journey and some of the like things that I've done in my life. I wasn't able to fly an airplane the day I got in one. I had to make a bunch of mistakes and fail and adjustments and course corrections. And these just small habits that we, that we start doing become massive changes in who we are and what we do and become, make us successful. And the, the most successful people put in the time, effort, and energy to change their habits to make sure that they are leading a life of habitual success and they're focused on it and that's it. So no elevator to success. You got to take the stairs. It's not going to happen overnight. So if you listen to this and you're like, oh, I'm going to change my habits like a light switch, it's small incremental changes over time that are going to do that. And, but you also have to want it, right? So. Yeah, for sure. I think it was, uh, uh, I don't have it exact, but Jim Rome said, you know, uh, your, your income will rarely exceed your level of personal development. And I think that's, you know, goes along with the habits and making sure you've got those success habits to make sure you're, you're doing the things for development personally and professionally. Yep. I totally agree. I love it. Obviously, selfishly love it as a owner of seven figure flipping now. But for those of you guys who are out there who are saying, Hey, this resonates with me. I want to get into a group like this. I want to be held accountable. We've got some things for you, whether it's listening to the podcast, being in our Facebook groups, going to the website, sevenfigureflipping.com for free, or it's coming to our event, Flip Hacking Live in October in Orlando this year, the 15th through the 17th of 2020, or it's Hey, find out a little bit more about our, our mastermind groups, the seven figure altitude group, and then the seven figure runway that we open up inside uh, uh, flip hacking live next year. So those doors are closed, but next year we'll open them up. So check it. All that stuff is available on sevenfigureflipping.com if you guys want to check it out. So, uh, Kyle, I had it fun talking to you. Hopefully, uh, you, I, I hope that, that you go out now and say, all right, I'm going to change some of this. I'm going to get back to it. And hopefully this, this podcast that you were a little bit reluctant to, to, to go on becomes the catalyst that you need to take the next month and say, show up at the cruise and say, I did it. So, uh, because you're going to double the amount of time that you spend for the next month on that and focus on it. Cause if it's that important for your business, it's the only thing that matters in EOS. If we don't get the rocks done, it doesn't matter what else we did. It does not matter. Those are the things that are most crucial for the business. And if they don't happen, it doesn't matter what else we did. We won't hit any of our other goals for the year. So it's huge for us. And that's all I focus on. If it doesn't directly reflect and change the outcome for my annual goal and my rocks, then the answer is no, unless I have a bunch of extra time that I can waste. So put that into your mind, think about it that way, and you'll start saying no to a lot more stuff. So 
I had a good time hanging out with you. Thanks for spending time with us. And I know that the listeners are going to get a ton from this. If uh, nothing more than listen to somebody who's authentic that says, hey, I'm struggling in this area. So thanks, Kyle. It's been good. Thanks for having me on. Yep. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast with Bill Allen. If you want to grow and scale your house flipping or wholesaling business, check out more insider tips and strategies from the nation's most successful real estate investors at sevenfigureflipping.com.